Okay, guys, listen here. This is the return. The Open Guard cast is back. My name is Jake Watson. I was the uh, uh, disgraced competitor turned disgraced commentator turned reformed commentator turned returning competitor sometime near you. And uh, <clears throat> we have some changes going on in the show. You might notice that it's my voice. And if you've been following the Open Guard cast the last many times we've done it, well, there was a lot more Danny O'Donnell. And Danny O'Donnell, man, we love that guy. But he's too big for us now. And he has uh, gone to work with the IBJJF. Such an amazing opportunity. And we're so excited for him. But I'm uh, stuck with, I mean, we have a new co-host here who's a yep, guest. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Greatest of all time. He is here. My name's Cade Roke. Uh, just real quick, want to give an RIP to Danny O'Donnell. Uh, they pulled the life support Dude, yesterday. So I told you before did. the podcast. I told you before the podcast that was not going to be funny. That wasn't going to be a funny joke. <laughs> That's not ever funny to joke about. No, Danny O'Donnell works at the WJJF now full time, and he uh, he is again. He's killing it. He's making so much content for them, and for him to get such an amazing opportunity. And you know, he was a groomsman at my wedding recently. He's just, and so was Cade. Both of them are incredible human beings. I'm really happy that we get to have Cade on the show as the as a new co-host. I think he's going to be great. Uh, Cade recently got third place at the IBJJF World Championship. Uh, no social media whatsoever. This man is a ghost. He refuses to accept the limelight in any sort of fashion, but he's really technical. I mean, he went out there. He beat... Um, I forget uh, his name off the top of my head. Um, he's an Autos competitor who got double gold at Europeans. And Kate had a match with him at Pan Ams. It went down to the wire, and it went down to the wire again at Worlds. But Kate got that victory. Even the flow grappling guys uh, were telling me, hey, who is that guy? And I'm like, if I tell you, you're not going to find him. So it doesn't really matter. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it was not very impressive performance at Worlds. I, I sucked. I didn't train at all for it. I was just... Uh, you know, out there in the streets partying and all that. So maybe next year we'll give it a real run and, you know, kind of show Jake who's boss. Well, you know, Kate, uh, okay, so Kate in the training room, Kate and I have been training together since we were very, very young. And we're going to get uh, some of the topics we're going to get into on this episode um, include like what we're going to do with the podcast going forward, where, like, why I haven't been in the podcast very much, um, some of the different ways that we want to improve. And, Essentially, we just want to kind of get right back, like hit the ground running. Um, but real quick, Kate and I have been training together since we were very young. I mean, I was 12, I think, when I met him. And he was like nine or something like that. Like 10. Yeah, yeah you were like 10 years old. And uh, <clears throat> it's really cool because like to see Cade go through the ranks, I mean, now he's a brown belt. And he was on the cusp of winning a world title at brown belt. Uh, in the training room, he's an absolute menace. He trains with uh, one of the people, uh, John Pfeiffer. So if John, I don't know if John listens to the Open Guard cast, but we have a guy named John Pfeiffer in the Jimmy's a Masters competitor. And that's a topic that we want to go over eventually uh, on the show as well. Like, you know, Kate and I come from a gym full of mostly Masters competitors, and we're still able to make waves in the adult scene, something that a lot of people have asked us about, but I haven't had the opportunity to really answer. So, yeah, Kate, uh, I don't know. What, yeah. Tell me what you think about being on the Open Guard cast, Kate boy. Well, you know, I, I'm happy to take over Danny's spot. I don't think there's anyone who could do it better. So I'm just real grateful for the opportunity. And yeah, back to the training room. I, I I learned a lot from John. He's probably the biggest menace I've ever met in my life. So that's kind of where I get my style from. And, uh, you know, how I torture Jake every day, day in, day out. He's showed me just about all the weapons I know. 
So I'm I'm real grateful for John also. Well, it's pretty cool. So like going into the Open Guard cast today, um, really this first episode, uh, we're even titling it, you know, it's episode 122, but it's sort of a redux, right? It's it's like a, it's not even really a redux. It's more of just like a continuation without Danny. And <clears throat> one thing that Danny did really, really well when we were on the Open Guard cast, and he still continues to do today, is he's a true passionate journalist for jiu-jitsu. He's really just so driven. He pours his entire being into every one of his projects. And so really taking over that and having to like walk in his footsteps is going to be an interesting challenge. So that's why we're using this first episode as sort of a, okay, reintroduce it, get the podcast back on its feet. Um, but then we're going to, one of the, I guess I'll start out with the plans going forward. I think that the the right thing to do is for us to start to approach some challenging topics in the community, start to recap things, recap even the UFC, start having big guests on. Um, mostly we'd love to have guests in person as well. And as we get better, we you know we up the equipment, we up the quality, we get better microphones. We really take the time to do those things. And uh, Kate even, I mean, Kate came at me with you know a notebook and he's like, I got all these ideas. I'm like, okay. I mean, he writes like a toddler, but it's still, I could, I could read it and piece it together because I know him. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I think that it's going to be a good place. Like, tell me what you're excited about with the show, Kate. This is not going to be an. I'm not interviewing you, but like, I, do, uh, I want to hear what you're excited about too. No, I, I'm real excited to have guests on. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the community that I've been following for a long time that I would love to sit down and have, have a conversation with them, see kind of how they train, see what their day to day is like. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to a to a bunch of legends, essentially. Yeah, and you know, one thing that's cool that like an experience I had, Kate, was you get to talk to a bunch of like. You get to talk to the people. It's one thing to listen to a podcast. It's another thing to like be in a podcast and like actually to be a part of it. And then you listen back later and you're like, why did I say that? Like there's been so many episodes, man. There was like there was a time we had Kenny Florian on. I love Kenny Florian. We had, but like I did my Chael Sonnen impression for him. And I'm like, why why did I do it? Like, why did I do that? All right, let's hear it. It's uh if you met a wait, how does how does how does Chael Sonnen sound? He's like you know, there's there's people on the mean streets of Westland, Oregon, who think that they, they they can beat a man like me, the middleweight champion of the world. But here's the thing: you don't know the middleweight champion until you fought him, and you haven't fought me. You see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like he just said, it talks in a circle, and a, but Chael said it's great. Okay, um, we'll have him on the show eventually, hopefully. Yep, Uncle Chael, the, the bad guy, the Chael's man, the OG menace. Actually, he really is. And then, uh, but the only person I think more, you know. Better at talking trash than him was probably Michael Bisbing. Uh, no, I got to give that chill. Dude, Michael Bisbing would say some pretty... Do you remember when Luke Rockhold was in the press conference and he said, he said, uh, if you believe it and you conceive it, then you can achieve it. And then he said, believe, achieve, conceive, shut the F up. (laughs) And dude, it's like the way he's able to quickly snap an emotion Okay, but here's, here's the thing. Bisbing, if you look back on his fight with Anderson Silva... Mm -hmm. He lost. One of the worst decisions of all, all time. It was terrible. It was terrible. But Chael P. Sonnen is the only guy to beat Anderson Silva the way he did. Yeah, but he also tapped. <laughs> yeah, but he, and Michael he Bisbing, gave up the round. You That's can admit this, though. Michael Bisbing, okay, here's a couple things you got to take into consideration. Okay. Michael Bisbing was in, man, I think he fought in the United Kingdom, right? Like, they, they had mm-hmm. that match in England, if I'm not mistaken. Um, plus... It's not like it was so one-sided. Like Michael, Michael Bisping did have some rounds. Like he did also rock Anderson Silva. He also did outpoint Anderson Silva a lot of the rounds. A lot of people said it was three to two and it was very close, but Michael Bisping actually did kind of pull it out. Whereas 
Chael Sonnen was beating the piss out of Anderson Silva mm-hmm. real bad and then tapped at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he only gave up one round that entire fight. When you tap, that's it. They restart the round. He said so. Himself. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not what he said. He said yes. he, <laughs> he said I, I thought I thought that you restart the round. I thought that that mm-hmm. was it. See, that's the problem when you play by different rules. That's true. If you don't know the rule set, you're playing. It's Westland, on. Oregon fighting yeah. championship. Yeah, no, that's that's he. No, it was under the uh, the bad boy fighting championship. Actually, bad guy. Oh, he's okay. a bad guy. Oh, okay. number one for the bad guy. Oh, that's what he would right, say. We got out on kind of a weird tangent there, but real quick, I gotta do some shout outs. Shout out to uh, shout out to Mike from Mesa. Shout out to Chris from Kentucky, and then shout out to Uki Spooky from Milwaukee. Love Uki, all you guys. Who is Uki Spooky? Man, come on, continue with the episode. I literally right, so don't know. Shout out to you guys. If you I know Chris from Kentucky, but it, I don't know it, Uki Spooky. Yeah, from- if if you didn't hear your name this week, it's all right. You just gotta listen back. Uh, we're gonna be doing shouts outs uh, every week, so. Get ready for those. Shouts out? Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. I didn't uh, subscribe. I didn't sign off on that. But anyway, back to the topic of the episode. So where have we been? Uh, and mind you, this will be a little bit of a shorter episode. But I'll start off with where I've what I've been doing. Cade was episode 69's guest uh, by special request because Cade <laughs> is a delinquent. But uh, I'll start off with what I've been doing. So the reason why I was taking more time off of the Open Guard cast and I was uh, stepping back a little bit is because I – had entered into a relationship with my now wife and I had a lot of different plans with opening a ministry and following the Lord and just taking like, not just jujitsu, but also my ministry seriously. Hold on. Pause. Time out. Falta. Falta. Dude, that's horrible. My mic, is my mic back? I really hope my mic is back. Oh man. Scratch the entire episode. Nah, we're not scratching the entire episode. Nah, that's it. It's over. Oh, no, this is a... Oh, it's fantastic. Okay, are we back? We're back. Okay, dude, horrible, um, horrible rookie mistake here in the open guard cast. Uh, unplugged my mic. But <clears throat> what I was saying was I had entered into a relationship. I had plans to start a ministry and to just pursue a life of preaching and, uh, you know, telling other people about Jesus. And so... Rachel and I, we got engaged in February, and then we just got married three weeks ago. But we had so many things going on, and my responsibilities with teaching and coaching at the gym were getting bigger and bigger by the week. And now I'm you know, pursuing a different career and a different opportunity while maintaining sort of the commentary and coaching aspect. But Danny, having you know the full-time job with Abby Jeff, like we said before, now he is you know, doing his own thing. So it's time to start the Open Guard cast up again. And that's what I've been doing. That's why I've been so like in and out and not really present. But... Cade has been doing jack, absolutely nothing. Uh, yep, I I actually took a little hiatus from training. I went and tried becoming a professional bass fisherman. Um, Wait, what? Pro- yeah, well, the only problem is in Arizona, there's not really anywhere to fish. So I can't believe I almost thought you were serious. I uh, no, for real. So so I, I anyway, Jake invited me to start doing the open guard cast again. So I started training again and taking things a little more serious, oh. just so I could. Kind of stay on, uh, you know, keep up with what's going on in the community. ADCC just happened. Gordon murdered everyone, as expected. Yeah, uh, Giancarlo, oh, man, that boy's nasty. Yeah. Who else? Uh, Diogo Hayes, that boy's nasty. Do you have a more intellectual uh, uh, no, approach dude, all, to their performance, I mean, or, are they, or are them's boys just nasty? I, I'm just... 
I'm describing them with one word, and oh, they are all filthy. Every single one of them. Yeah. Um, Gordon's performance was especially kind of. It was. Just, it wasn't even like. Like it was surprising in a oh my gosh he really is that far ahead of everybody ultra heavy sort of way yeah and sorry this is like two months later or a month later so yeah we're, we're a little bit late I commentated at ECC like a week before my wedding I think right yeah so yeah. it was like a month and a week ago or a month ago and what an experience dude like if you were there if, if you weren't there at the Thomas Mac Arena for ADCC uh, I want to do like a whole like my experience at ADCC 2022 episode, maybe the next episode or something like that, cover different topics within that. But man, it was just, it was insane. It was, it was the biggest event jujitsu has ever had in all of antiquity, uh, all of history. <clears throat> yeah, it, was it was really, really crazy. It was crazy. And, and you actually did a good job commentating. Surprisingly, I was, I was amazed, but, <laughs> but the only, the only problem was, is he kept saying, the multi mat technology on flow grappling, and he's you know Do you know he, why he oh, no, no hold on I'll explain no, I'm not why done I'm not that. done let me okay so <laughs> so he keeps saying this right and I'm reading the chat on flow and I'm I'm looking for these multi mat technologies and all this stuff it's not there Jake a hundred percent of the weekend every time he said that he was lying so it does not exist uh, you guys heard it here first the multi mat technology is not a thing. So go ahead, Jake. It is not a breach in any sort of contract for me to say that I was told to say that by Ricardo Amendolia on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. He said, you need to oh, bring oh, this up. Yeah, yeah. He's not, yeah, he's not safe from this. So he, I'm in he a, was saying I'm in a WhatsApp to. group chat and I'm receiving, hey guys, make sure to bring up the multi-mat technology, which by the way, is not in the app on Flow Grappling, I don't think. I think it's on the website. I was on the website also. No, you weren't. Yeah. You're too lazy to open no, up the no, app no. and the no, website. No, no. I saw from That the is your multi-mat technology. Okay. That's about as simple as multi-mat technology <laughs> gets for you. Uh, but yeah, no, that, there was a lot of moving parts at ECC. And they told me, you know, hey, mention this. Hey, mention this. And I got to come. That's the thing is you get complained about for things that you're told to do on the professional side. But a lot of my my commentary on just the actual like what how i was commentating side i got a lot of praise for it It was really really cool like mo jasm put on an amazing event and i'm glad that i did a good job he had let me know and a lot of the people within flow were um were happy with how i did so just very grateful for that that was that was that was freaking cool yep yep so back to adcc the fights uh the biggest fight of the the tournament gordon versus andre galvo that lived up for me, to its expectations, it was it was crazy to see Andre going into the match because he, not that he was necessarily undersized, but man, Gordon was just on fire all weekend, yeah. and I, I couldn't imagine watching his performance and then having to go be the last guy to compete against him. So it was it was a great performance by Gordon. Andre, you know, fought his heart out, so it was it was a great match to see. But in twenty twenty four, we're going to see Gordon versus Yuri. What do you think about that? Ooh, I think that okay. So Yuri Samoy has won about every single match that weekend by refs decision. Ah, thank you. And Gordon submitted everybody. And so here's a couple of things I have to say. Yuri in the ADCC rule set obviously is incredible. I mean, he just won absolute against Nicholas Marigali, who trains with Gordon all the time, and Nicholas couldn't score on him. So that's that's pretty big. You know what I mean? Like we have to take that into consideration too. The Nicholas Marigali is a machine, and he's incredible. I mean, this is his first. Nogi tournament and he got what did he get like he got second in the absolute and he got third in his division or did he place in his division uh no he did get i think he I got, believe he got second and third yeah second and so 
that I mean, your first ADCC Worlds ever, and you got third, second in the absolute. That's freaking huge. So I think that um, going into ADCC 2024, there's obviously going to be a game plan going into the match with Gordon, but you're, you have to possess a certain kind of mentality to fight Gordon because I, I break it down like this, and I, think, I even think Gordon would agree. You've heard about basketball players being on the same court as Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. You've heard about football players being on the same field as Tom Brady. There's an effect. There's like an X factor, they call it, where even you're, you could be just as good as Tom Brady, but because you are thinking, holy moly, it's Tom Brady, all of a sudden you're a worse quarterback. You could be thinking, man, I know, I know I can outplay Michael Jordan, but then when you're on the field with him, the mystique of Michael Jordan just, it gives him a power a up. Court. The court is what did I say it was? The field. But well, yes. it's still a field in a way. Um, it's like a f- whatever. It's a field with a hoop on the end. Back in the day, it was probably a field before we had money for courts. But uh, th- then take it back to Gordon Ryan. I think that a lot of people, and I don't know if this has happened too much yet, but I think that there's this sort of like, what do I do against this guy? This is Gordon. Or man, he is just, he's so intimidating with. Not only the social media, but even how he carries himself holds a certain sort of mystique. Like he really does think he is the best jujitsu athlete to ever grace the planet Earth. That is that is his true belief, and that belief is scary for a lot of competitors to fight. It's also scary for him to hold. It's like a double edged sword, right? right? He could use that as a great weapon, or he could use, or it could be the number one thing that undoes him. And I think he likes that balance. I think that that kind of gamble is what makes him so powerful. And he he handles it really, really well. I mean, he hasn't lost in like... I think Vinny Magalhaes was the last guy to beat him. And that was at ECB. And so... Run it back. Man, but you know what? Vinny Magalhaes lost to Roosevelt Souza, And then Gordon Ryan taps up Roosevelt Souza 13 seconds. Yep. You know, I was commentating that. I commentated a total of 13 seconds of Gordon Ryan's matches across the weekend at ADCC. Wow. It was insane. The guy, the guy went out there, pulled a basic under the leg to Ashi and just heel hooked him like as if it was a walk in the park. And then he got up, stuck his tongue out, went back and kept on warming up. He really did make, I don't even think he broke a sweat in any of his matches except for the Andre Galvao match. Probably Mm -hmm. because even the Nicky Rod match, he like, he let Nicky Rod take him down. He got under his leg and he heel hooked him almost as if like, almost as if Nicky Rod wasn't, didn't just beat Felipe Pena, you know? So I think that that's what I mean by that whole X factor, the mystique and everything like that. Um, no, yeah, he's a uh, he, he's he's a the king of mental warfare. Yeah, when, especially if you mm-hmm. you know I don't have Instagram, but I hear about his Instagram posts all the time. That guy is just ruthless, oh, yeah. ruthless. But I, he, I mean, he he doesn't lie most of the time. He's not lying. You know, the whole beef with Andre Galvo thing when uh, after the match when he said that he never had a problem with Andre Galvo. I don't really know if that's true because I remember on Instagram when I had it a couple of years ago, seeing Gordon call out Andre for, uh, for all the Asai stuff and, you know, thanking Jesus for his wins and all, all that. When, you know, when I, I think it was after Andre had told him that he needs to go win the absolute. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if Gordon necessarily was innocent, like he said in the end, but at the end of the day, it was one of the craziest rivalries I've ever seen in any sport, honestly. Yeah, I think it would be unscrupulous to say that uh, Gordon doesn't carry a certain, like, you know, 
I don't think that you can talk as much crap as he does and not actually get people to actually dislike you or <laughs> for him to not actually dislike people. And that's only like, you know, that's for Gordon to know and, and for us to wonder, I guess, for those of us who become that invested. I mean, really, I believe that uh, he's an incredible athlete, but I mean, when you li- most of the time when he's talking, it's like talking crap about his other competitors you know but you know what i will say this he has broken down a lot of he's given commentary and he's broken down a lot of other athletes games in a very respectful and concise way as well so i think that um as far as like the actual problems like i've i've talked to andre galvan many times in person i've prayed with him he's really just i mean he loves his family and he loves his students and i really see i mean he even pulled me aside and talked to me and i'll uh, respect the integrity of what he told me so i won't mention it here on the podcast but he even talked to me about the nature of you know the whole smack talk, the whole Gordon Ryan thing and everything like that and how he felt about it and uh, what he learned from it. And it's a very, I feel like he's, he's grown a lot in maturity and wisdom even later on in his career, just because he walks with God and because he really, really wants to do well by other people in the community. And even talking to him after ADCC, like that guy's, that guy was huge at ADCC. He was freaking massive, dude. Huge. And he had a torn ACL. That was, that was one of the craziest things that after the match, and he didn't really use it as a crutch. He just, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, if anyone who knows anything about, you know, getting an ACL torn, that's not, yeah. it's not like you can limp that off. It's, that's a major surgery. You're out for nine months, you know, and he didn't get surgery. His ACL was torn. So I couldn't imagine how that affected his training camp the whole time. Yeah. And probably so, his mental too. Yeah, exactly. N- knowing that there's certain things that you can't do without, without your knee hurting or, you know, it's it, it plays a it could play a big factor in in his from the preparation and everything, and it was it was surprising he still took the match even though he was injured. Yeah. So respect to Andre for that. Oh man. And, and in talking about injuries, UFC 280 was yesterday. T.J. Dillashaw. So Cade, quick disclaimer: Cade watched UFC 280. Yes, and I he got wanted, He wanted to talk a little bit about it. Um. We have we have a little over ten more minutes left in this episode. Right, dude, we'll just scratch the surface. With scratch the surface. The okay. Oh, well, I will say I'll this. I will say this. I saw the Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makhachev match, and I saw Benil Dariush's post fight interview. He's an animal. Those are the only two things I saw. So okay, I'll break it down for you since you didn't see it. Uh, okay. First thing I want to talk about was TJ. Okay. First, I want to say six seconds. You could tell that there's something wrong with him. Like. Aljamain threw a kick or something, and then we went to take him down. And you could tell, like, TJ was wincing. And at first, we all thought it was his leg. Mm-hmm. We thought maybe he checked a kick or something like that. And you could just see his face wincing. And then after maybe two minutes into the round, I finally noticed, oh, man, his shoulder's dislocated. Mm-hmm. So TJ Dillashaw, from the beginning of the fight, started fighting with a with a dislocated shoulder. Then he somehow... Survives Aljamain Sterling for the first round, makes it to his corner. The ref is over there. They're talking. His coach puts his shoulder back in place. Insane. Round two, goes out there to fight again. Ends up getting TKO'd, which his shoulder dislocated immediately again at the start of round two. So it was just, it was, you know, sad to see him go in there and fight like that because he is getting older. This is kind of coming towards the end of his career, maybe. And it was just insane to see a guy who had such a gnarly injury knowing, you know, he he said in training camp that it was dislo- it dislocated over 20 times in training camp. So that's that's just crazy to go out there and 
and fight for the title with a shoulder that is, you know, essentially yeah. dead. That speaks to like a bigger issue too, where like maybe the ligaments are loose in there or something like that. And you know what? I'll say this about TJ. I know that he gets a lot of like flack for the, you know, he was popped for illegal substances and that is cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, but we support steroids here. That's the thing. <laughs> so that's gosh. the message. That's one of the <laughs> messages we're trying to push is that steroids should be legal. It does not make any sense why they are. No, that is not what I was going to say at all. What I was going to say was people bounce back and people, you know, they get second chances. And uh, we've had a lot of, I mean. I think he was out for four years. I think he didn't. I'm almost positive it was four. Regardless, that is uh, an insane amount of time to be away from a sport when you're already in your mid thirties to, or, you know, early to mid thirties. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of time. Well, he beat, he beat Corey Sandhagen and Corey Sandhagen was a front runner for the title shot. Like he was a guy who everybody wanted to see fight for the title and told TJ Dillashaw went out there, had a war with him and beat him. Mm -hmm. Again, Um, we support the use. We don't support the use of PDs. (laughs) He, uh, he, had a long career. I mean, he had two amazing matches with Cody Garbrandt. And then, I mean, yeah, everybody everybody gets a second insane. chance. Dude. Like, look at, like, George St. Pierre with the Vaseline thing. Like, everybody was like, oh, George using Vaseline on his bodies. And, like, that was a huge scandal or whatever. Well, that's just because he's French. That's how they were. And then, uh, you know, I was almost going to bring up John Jones, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that one. But there's been athletes who have, like, they've been busted for steroids. Or, like, like Felipe Pena. People... Yeah, Felipe Pena, you know, he got busted for steroids at Worlds, but everybody still wants to see him beat Gordon. You okay. know what I mean? Not uh, everybody, but like, yeah, I'm just I, saying. I wouldn't say everybody, but no, I think Felipe also got caught in 2016. I don't know if he got caught in Because I was, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't pay attention at the time. I was 15. I didn't know who Felipe Pena was because, you know, I wasn't, I was too concerned on doing whatever I was doing. But I was reading, I was going through articles the other day to see, like, you know, what he got caught for or whatever. And then I see an article from 2016, I believe it was 2016, saying that Felipe Pena got caught for banned substances after Worlds. Mm -hmm. So everything I'm saying right now could be not true, but if that is true, Felipe got caught twice, and yeah, we still want to see that boy fight. Yeah, so my point is, like, you know, athletes can have a history of making mistakes, and I believe that a mistake is, is even, you know, doing the wrong thing, even for your own motives or whatever the case may be for anybody and realizing you shouldn't have done it. That's still a mistake in my opinion, but um, yeah, sorry. 2014 after winning worlds. Okay. He tested positive. He's been competing for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I was was 17 or 16 years old in 2014. I was 13. Yeah, he was, yeah, was out here still winning world titles. Yeah, um, that's insane. But anyway, back to UFC 280. All right, let me break, oh yeah, let's, so let me let's, break it let's down. Let's do another one. Uh, uh, I know Benio Darius wins by TKO, or KO. Uh, Something like that. He, like, flattened the guy, and then he, in front of a, and I, I want to, I think it's pretty cool. He's a very faithful man. You know, he went out there and just, just totally uh, proclaimed the name of Jesus in front of everybody. It's pretty cool. Um, it, it was actually decision. Oh, was it? it? From It was one of the craziest it was one of the craziest fights on the card for sure from the prelims to the main card, mm-hmm. but he just, he just has, yeah, he just has this pace that, you know, he's, he's got crazy takedown defense. He's got, he's got good hands. He's got great jujitsu. Yeah. He, yeah he, and that's the thing he beat, uh, he lost like a really close decision to Crone Gracie's at some huge tournament. Everybody thought that Benil should have won against Crone Gracie. So yeah, he's, that's big too. he's the man, uh, Sean O'Malley versus Peter Yawn. I heard that was the biggest robbery in UFC history. 
And hey, that's an Arizona boy. Yeah, shout out, shout out Sean O'Malley. Shout out Sean O'Malley. But I heard, I mean, I heard like so many people hate the outcome of that match. They said that it was like kind of, a, kind of a not exactly a high integrity decision. So by the judges. I, yeah, I only watched the fight once, but I, I mean, like Sean O'Malley said in the Octagon interview, you got to go back and watch it a second time. He's going back to watch it a second time. I don't know what his opinion on it is, but man, it was. I thought Peter had it. I thought Peter beat him two to one, but you know, you when it's when it's this high level of a fight, every you know everyone says it. You can't let it go to the judges, and absolutely, yeah. it went to the judges. But hey, congratulations to him, man! Hey, yeah, he, shout he out went out there, and he got he got the W, and uh, he's probably going to get a title shot. Yeah, yeah. Would it be I mean, would it be him versus Aljamain, right? Uh, That's a big fight. Yeah, I think Sean O'Malley could definitely do well in the Aljamain. Dude, Sean O'Malley is huge. For one thirty-five, oh, he's a big guy. He's, he's like, like six feet tall, isn't he? he, he I think he's five eleven. Yeah, five eleven, five ten, five eleven. Very big. But Peter Young's five six. Mm-hmm. So when you saw them in the octa, it didn't even look real. It like Sean O'Malley absolutely t- and he like muscle wise, he doesn't look a lot like, skinnier yeah. compared. So I don't know how he cuts the weight. I don't know how he does it, but he might just stay as skinny it, like that. If he can stay at bantamweight. That would be. I shouldn't say skinny. He probably stays like slimmer. Yeah, know? no, because because really, like, yeah, he's slim, but he's not. It's not like he's you know, it's not one of those guys that you see that's like, man, that guy needs to eat some yeah, food for sure, for sure. So, and then Islam Makachev submitted Charles Oliveira. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I called it. People want to doubt my boy Islam, but he just absolutely. There's some people who Charles. think there's some people who have a conspiracy theory that uh, that Charles Oliveira. Uh, was was given like a, a bag of money to throw the fight so he can get a title fight rematch in Brazil or something like that. Well, I, that wouldn't make sense to me because they're not even talking about a title. Like after the fight, Islam said that they're going to go fight Volk, Alexander Volkanovsky. I think Volkanovsky does. I think he's going to get absolutely destroyed. I think Volk's crazy, I, dude. I think he has z- Here's the thing. literally gonna... zero traits. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here on the Open Guardcast first. This will be an Open Guardcast Instagram video. All right. I will... Okay, what, what's the bet? What's the bet? Whoever loses this bet has to... Um... Uh, shave their eyebrows. Oh, my gosh, yeah. no. Can't, yeah. can't no, affect okay. my personal no, day-to-day. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, about I'm going to be in a professional I, work environment. I'm about that. No, I'm not. So okay, all right. Yeah, shut up. It's gotta be like a food bed. Um, right. okay. Loser has to eat twelve thousand calories in one day. Oh my gosh! How about this? Whoever loses has to do the Waffle House challenge. Stay in Waffle, Waffle House. House cha- for you, have to, hours. you have to stay in Waffle House for twenty four hours. And you got Volk. I've got Volk. So oh, you got to okay. Dude, the bet is yeah. the loser of this bet has to go and stay in a Waffle House for twenty four hours. Every waffle you eat knocks one hour off your time in the Waffle House. So oh. the loser, they have to they have to do that, and then we'll post it on Instagram. Okay, but this is a handshake right okay. here. I bet that Volkanovski will beat Islam Makhachev, and you believe yeah. that Islam will win? Yeah, easy. okay. And easy. hey, I get, I get. Okay, it. Hold on, hey, hold listen, on, listen, hold listen. On. I get that the odds are against me, Cade. You don't understand. I get it. This but is one the of the worst bets in history. No, it's not. This you accepted terrible. a bet that okay, you Cade. His, okay, I'm his the king of bad historic bets. Historic bad bet, but wait, wait, hold but on. also we'll, good. We'll, bet. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. But um, man, I'm so confident. Volkanovski is a psychopath. Are you kidding me? Alexander Volkanovski is nuts, mm-hmm. dude. He, tr- he, I seriously think he could. Win. I seriously think he could win. Okay, I seriously do. 
So I think he's nuts like that. You got a little guy, five foot eight, hundred and forty-five pounds. Calling him little guy because Islam Makhchayev called him short guy. He is short guy. Okay, (laughs) so you got this little guy and you got Islam. Striking wise, Islam is unbelievable. Like it's it's surprising how how good he looked yesterday when when he dropped Oliveira. I mean, he throws bombs and he's got he's a better striker than Habib, one hundred percent. Um. And there, I don't see any way that Volk can beat, you know, this little guy can beat Islam. Oh I don't gosh. think there's a chance. What if Volkanovski listens to this and you develop a hater in, in Volkanovski? Oh, that's all right, dude. Uh, okay. Okay, listen, let me say this. Islam would never lose or get beat up to Hasbula. I saw a video yesterday of oh, Alexander yeah. Volkanovski getting tossed by Hasbula and just video. stomped out, dude. So. I don't know what you're thinking, Jake, but I just won. I think it's a, one think of the easiest funny. bets in the career of betting. That's pretty funny. So, um, okay, so that's a little bit of a recap on UFC 280. I mean, we, we recapped a little bit of ADCC, a little bit of UFC 280. I guess this is a good time to segue back into like you know the open guard cast. But oh, yeah. so like Kate and I are going to be reviewing. <laughs> yeah, we forgot we were talking about the open guard cast. Um, like I said, Kate and I have been the best of friends for a while, and we love the jiu-jitsu community as much as we, you know, have been a part of it and have been invested in it. And uh, we also love the UFC. We love boxing. We love big events. Uh, shoot. We just want to talk about the development of the sport, too. So It's insane, dude, honestly, because I, I was saying this right after ADCC. I've never, like, I'll, I'll watch YouTube videos every once in a while, and I don't really watch anything jiu-jitsu related on YouTube just because that's what I have a flow account for. But I would be on YouTube and I would see, you know, ADCC highlights and all sorts of, you know, new tech, not technique videos, but guys who are going out and competing, making vlogs like white belts and blue belts. So my, I don't know why my YouTube after ADCC was full of, of just jujitsu content, but man, after ADCC 2022, it, blew up yeah like it is insane how much you know how how much people are talking about it still and uh, like you know almost every week on rogan you hear you hear someone talking about gordon ryan or adcc or you know so it's just crazy how much even during ufc 280 there was like a thing to watch gordon ryan compete yeah exactly a little graphic i think it's december 6th there's a ufc fight pass really And, and yeah and they had yeah, they're, they're going to need a commentator. Oh, man. Better get on it. Yep. I'm going to contact call Dana. Jake. Don't call Uncle Dana. Jake. Yep. Um, Lock Jake on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, no, but you're right, dude. And, you know, there was this, either there was a video that got like, it got up to like 70,000 views before they had to delete it because it was a cease and desist from, because they posted it illegally. Um, you need to obtain the rights of uh, Juan Gabriel Souza blowing his nose on the mat. Do you remember that, that moment? There no. was, so Gabriel Souza. He blows his nose, both of his noses, on the mat, and my and, oh. and it's me commentating, and all you hear is silence, and then me going, "That's disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> and it got like so many views, and even Hal Teague, uh, shout out to Hal Teague, sent it to me, and he uh, he was like, "So funny, you called it exactly how I saw it. I thought it was so gross, and then just to hear you commentate and say that's disgusting made me laugh so hard." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross. I don't it was know. pretty nasty. I mean, dude, and they- then the guy came out and was like. Like put his hands up, like why'd you do that? Where is he from? Is he from Manaus? 
No, ZR team. I don't know if he's from Manaus, but he's from ZR team. Okay. We should get him on the show too. I'm down. Yeah, hey, we'll uh, get him on the show. Gabriel Souza, if you're listening, I don't know if you are. I don't know who listens to this. We'll find out. No one does, but it's all right. No um, one does. Yeah, Gabriel. Thirty thousand plus I, unique downloads, sucker. Welcome oh, to the wow. show. All right. Well, hey, I got some. I got some real interesting questions that, and I'm gonna ask some hard questions to you guys. Like, how much money do you make a year? Um, what's your biggest fear? What's the worst thing you've ever done? I'm gonna ask all these hard hitting questions to these guys. Are so. you? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So if you want to, you know, take a seat with us and and have a conversation, it's going to be tough. So good luck. But if you're bold and you're brave enough, then come on the Open Guard Cast. No, we're uh, we're 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 super freaking stoked to be back on the show. And uh, as we wrap the show up, this is just the first episode, and then we're just going to try. We're going to relax and figure out how we want to have different guests. We're going to schedule them. We're going to come up with different topics. Guys, follow us at Open Guardcast on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow our personal Instagrams, that's on you. Uh, mostly, my Instagram is devoted to ministry and just kind of posting my life with you know my wife and commentary and stuff like that. Kate, uh, and I and I used to think this was weird, but social media is is like it can be a cancer. It can be really bad, and we'll get some topics on there too. Um, but I also I'm, I'm going to start uh, my own podcast as well, which I'll well, you know I'll talk about every now and again but uh we're gonna we're gonna hit the ground running with this podcast hard follow us on instagram at open guardcast we're on every podcast platform like spotify itunes if you guys want to uh go on our instagram and ask us questions ask us things you want us to review on the show we'll shout you out we'll answer your question on the show we'll do q a at the end of every single show we're gonna have segments that we do throughout the show to make it fun to follow and uh have you guys as invested in it as possible and uh, if you're in Arizona and you are an up-and-coming competitor, just send us a message, man. We'd love to promote you. No, we wouldn't. We don't want any up-and-coming competitors. Yes, we, we want do. only legends. Uh, let me think. Kishion, you are more than welcome to come on this podcast. Uh, Sean O'Malley, you are welcome to come on this podcast. You're going to make some enemies. I can tell you. You're like yeah. pausing and no, you're like... Yeah. Well, I was... Okay. Uh, thank you. You can come on this podcast. Let me think who else. Uh, Lotus Club. We need to have Clayton Carpenter on the podcast. Clayton, yeah, before. Clayton's my dog. Clayton Carpenter is an up and coming. Uh, he just got accepted into the UFC based on his performance in the Dana White Contender Series. He's going to come on the podcast. He can be a great in person podcast. Yeah, before the uh, savage, dude. honestly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna um, shoot. That's it. I mean, this is episode one twenty two of the Open Guard Cast. We're gonna go eat some spaghetti. Yeah, made it, by- was, it was a little rough. We'll get better. You know, we, oh man, it's the first episode back. Jake you know is what? shaking off the rust, and yeah. I'm just absolutely terrible on mics. So we will get, yeah, we'll get better. We'll get better mics. We'll eventually get a camera. Yes, we're gonna so do all that, and we're gonna we're gonna edit faces. it. We're gonna edit it and make it good. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been episode 122 of the Open Guard Cast. We are Jake Watson and Cade Roke. Uh, be sure to follow us and let us know what you want to hear next time. We'll be back very soon. Okay, one episode a week, right? Uh, no, four. What's not going to happen? All right. Thank you, guys.